Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, December 4th, 2014. Today we are reading in the big book, and we are on page 18, the last paragraph on the page that begins, that the man... um, Let's see. Our readers today are Anita J. on the 12 Steps, Santa H. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Larry K., Charles H., Rachel N.M., and Elaine B. The reference number for yesterday, December 3rd, 2014, is 7081. Overeaters Anonymous. Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Anita J. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Kathy. This is Anita J a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry the message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Anita J. I will now ask Santa H. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. My name is Santa H., a grateful compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, from New Jersey. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, or, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no outside, no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principle before personality. I pass. Thank you, Santa H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share in what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute, 
Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we are resuming our study of the big book on page 18, the last paragraph. Um, and I will ask Larry Kay to read that paragraph for us. Thanks, Kathy. Uh, thanks for your service. Larry Kay, recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. That the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty, that he obviously knows what he's talking about, that his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect that he's a man with a real answer, that he has no attitude of holier than thou, nothing whatever except a sincere desire to be helpful, that there are no fees to pay, no axes to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. These are the conditions we have found most effective. After such an approach, many take up their beds and walk again. So, you know, here, you know, it takes me back a little bit, and it, it became uh, quickly apparent to me um, years ago that the person, you know, that I, that I talked to had uh, kindness and empathy to make the approach with me. You know, he, he had the same affliction that I did. You know, he knew the emotional and physical pain of obesity and compulsive overeating and uh, that spiritual soul sickness, and I didn't know about it at that time, but he knew what he was talking about. And, and I was still paralyzed by the shame and remorse and degradation that comes with the, you know, my utter inability to stop, the, you know, stuffing my face with the fast food and sugary dessert items and, and bags and bags of salty, savory, crunchy things, you know. And, but this, this guy that sat before me, his whole deportment was different. You know, his behavior, behavior the, the manner that he carried himself was different. And I remember, you know, this guy was about 5'11", 160 pounds, neatly dressed. You know, he had a suit and tie on. I was at a convention, an uh, OA convention. He had just spoken in front of, you know, a lot of people. And he, but he had this sort of calm demeanor. And, you know, when I introduced myself to him, he had clear eyes. I noticed that. And he was brimming over with compassion and patience, something different than I was used to. And it was, you know, abundantly evident to me that this man had the real answer. And he said, Larry, you know, there's a, there is a solution. You know, there's a way out. And I remember him saying, you know, you never have to eat like that again. And, and he said that solution for me was found in the 12 steps found in a book called Alcoholics Anonymous. And, you know, what this spiritual awakening has done for me is it's allowed me, you know, it's allowed myself, my ideal self, you know, who I would like to be, to become congruent with my actual behavior. That was never possible before. You know, God made that possible for me. My, my walk didn't match my talk. And uh, so here was a guy with a different answer. And he was someone that, you know, when I began to share a little bit about my story, about the way that I went about eating and not being able to stay stopped, about, you know, purchasing some things, uh, my binge things, and going behind, driving behind the grocery store, parking, you know, where only the seagulls were, you know, picking up, you know, little little pieces, you know, and, uh, and, and me, you know, I was safe there. I thought I was safe there, right? 
And, uh, and he could relate. He talked about how he did the same thing. I couldn't believe it. And he talked specifically about what he brought back there in his car, you know, feeling safe and protected, right? But this spiritual transformation was done to me, and all I did was chop the wood each day. And that's what I learned according to the instructions that were laid out for me. And it took humility and a level of surrender to follow those instructions and carry them out rather than create a new method of wood chopping. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to create a new method. I wanted to rewrite this big book. I wanted to do, you know, shortcuts. But I had a person that had humility, empathy, no access to grind. No, he didn't lecture me. He just told me what he did. And that if I did what he did, uh, and many others did, I would get what he got. And that's precisely what happened. And I'm a new man today. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Who would like to share on this paragraph? Kim. Okay, I heard Kim. And who else? Sally. Renata. Sally and Renata. Vasa. Okay, let's start with those. And if I can ask you to say your last initial when you speak, that would be great for others listening. Kim, go ahead. Thanks, Kathy Kay. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. That is told to Portman shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer. You know, to me, that's the power of not only a recovered person, but a meeting that is filled with recovered people. That's the feeling I remember when over four years ago when I got on a phone meeting and for the first time heard the word recovered. And not only heard the word recovered, but I heard the whole deportment of people shout at me that there was a real answer. Because my experience in LA for many years, for well over seven, well, 17 years to be exact, was that there was a temporary respite. You know, I was told, halt. You know, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, and that would work until it didn't work. I was told to avoid people, places, and things, and that would work till it didn't work. I was told that I could stay abstinent one day at a time, but struggle while I'm doing it, and I was good at that. I was told service is slimming. And the one I loved was that in AA, it makes sense they can stay sober because all they have to do is not drink. I'm in OA. I have to eat. I have to take the tiger out of the cage three times a day, and that's why I'm different. And another big saying I heard was, I have to live life on life's terms. Well, let me tell you what life's terms are. Life's terms are power, prestige, constant collision, competition with other people. What I've learned, the real answer is I have to live life on God's terms. That's what my goal is. The real answer is I have to know my problem, I have to know my solution, and I have to know my plan of action. And when I do that, I can become recovered. So my reality today is that I can have the obsession removed. That entire absence is not only possible, but it's absolutely necessary to go through this process. I don't wake up in the morning asking God to be abstinent. I wake up in the morning asking God how I can be useful to those people around me and to him. And the natural consequence is I am abstinent. I don't go through the day trying to struggle through one day at a time, hoping that I just, the food doesn't beat me today. Today, I do not think about my food. I do not want my food. And today, I realize the most humble thing I can say today is that I am recovered. 
Because when I say I'm recovered, I mean that God is doing for me what I cannot do myself. When I said recovering, it was because I was exerting my will and staying on guard. I'm acknowledging the miracle today that God has removed the obsession and I walk around a free man. Because today, through this book, through these steps, through meetings of, of the examples of recovered people, I have found a real answer. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. And Sally, please go ahead. Press star one, Sally, to unmute. Oh, oops, I thought I was mute, unmuted. Thank you, Kathy. Um, good morning, everyone. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. I want to speak to the sentence at the top of page 19, many take up their beds and walk again. After such an approach, many take up their beds and walk again. So this is a sentence that's found in the Bible. And I know that you know that much of what was, much of what was written was inspired or, um, you know, comes from parts of the Bible. And I thought that, you know, some may want to know, why did they put that? I myself wanted to know, why did they put that piece of the sentence, many take up their beds and walk again. It's taken from John chapter 5 for those who are interested in looking at the whole story that, that they're actually touching down on, um, John chapter 5. Um, and the reason why I thought it was an important thing to share is that in that story in John chapter 5, the key element of the story is that Jesus is asking a man who wants to be healed, do you want to be made well, and that's the key element of the whole story, is that he's saying, do you want to be made well? And the guy tells why he's been there for so many, many years, why he's been crippled for so many, many years, and then he's made well. And, you know, after he explains, I really do, I want to be made well. And I believe that the reason they put this here, many take up their beds and walk again, is because they're harping on the question, that comes at the end of this paragraph after telling us, you know, of the difficulty and, and the approach that's made. And, and, you know, much is said in this whole paragraph. But for me, what it's saying to me, this paragraph, is, Sally, are you sure you want to be made well? Because there is a solution, and you can be made well. But your life is going to change. Your lifestyle is going to change. You're not going to walk around numb and drunk anymore. And you're not going to be isolating anymore and trying to get in back into your bed and watch TV in some manner or form. You're not going to be struggling to get back to the couch all day and read that romance novel that's going to keep your head, you know, somewhere else because you're so uncomfortable with life, really how life is. And so that question really has to be asked of every one of us. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to get well? Do you want your lifestyle to change? Because you won't be isolating anymore. You won't be drunk or numb in the food anymore. Your life will look very differently. And that's the question you really have to ask yourself because ultimately you won't get well. You won't put the food down unless you really are sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're sick of being sick and you desperately want to see a change a lifestyle change, because that's what this program is going to give you. That's what it's given me. I'm a totally different per person, and I'm living a totally different type of lifestyle than I was living two and a half years ago. Thanks for letting me share with that. I passed. Thank you, Sally. Thank you, Kim G. Press star one, Sally. 
Thank you, Sally A. And Renata, please go ahead. Thank you, Kathy, for your service. This is Renata, Recovered Composable Reader in New York. I want to focus on the conditions we have found most effective. Um, this, to me, looks like, you know, sponsorship guidelines, things that I should look for in a sponsor or guidelines that I should apply when sponsoring others. You know, a sincere desire to be helpful, no fees to pay, no access to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. I don't need to lecture anyone. I'm not here to, you know, convince anyone or try and give someone willingness. All I have to do is share my own experience, you know, share the problem, right? Give um, a sponsee or a fellow sufferer um, examples of how I used to live in the problem with the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. I have to share the solution, which was, you know, building a relationship with our higher power. And how did I get there? Through the action plan, which are the steps. And um, if I stick to the book, I don't need to really convince anyone, either the food or, you know, the willingness to, to do the work will we'll take care of everything. And that's all I want to share. Thanks. Thank you, Renata. And Vasa, please go ahead. Kathy, thank you so much for your service. And I'm Vasa O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, calling from uh, Florida. And that was my story. Uh, my sponsor, which was an old friend that came in recovery, and I didn't know she'd been in recovery for a while. And um, she... Uh, she 12-stepped me for about a week before I came to my first meeting. And I love this, the last paragraph. I mean, the, the, it, the, there, there was no lecture from her to me, no fees to pay, no access to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. There are the conditions we have found most effective. And I knew, I knew the struggle that she had with the food because we all, I struggled with her at the same time. You know, we used to play tennis and, uh, you know, to lose the weight, you know, exercising to lose the weight. But anyways, um, she, I, she, I was sold. You know, there was really nothing more, no place to go. I wanted to, mm, I wanted to get well. I just didn't know how to do it. I was dying, killing myself with the food addiction. I saw my mother. She died. It killed her. You know, and I was beginning to um, develop physical problems, you know. Um, you know, high, I was on the borderline, high blood pressure, diabetes, you know. I was on the way up. I thank God that God brought me in the program, and this was God's messenger to me, that she walked through my kitchen and introduced me to the program. And, and I, became, you know, I was interested in the solution, how people put the food down and kept it down, kept it down. I, you know, I would put the food down, but I always kept on going back and forth, back and forth. And then, you know, again, she said, I don't want anything from you now. There's nothing, nothing from you. I just want you to give it away. What God has so given, so generously given to you, 
and I wanted to give it away. And that that was, you know, that was the beginning, you know. And thank you, God, I became abstinent from that night, you know. And I, she brought me to my first meeting. I felt like I was not alone. I, I felt, you know, I could, it was like I knew it was for me. And I wouldn't, I didn't even tell my husband for weeks, you know, that I was in OA because I said, oh, he's just going to say, oh, it's another phase and one more thing that she's going to start and this is not going to work anyway. So I knew right from the beginning Overeaters Anonymous was for me and I loved the solution. And I've continued over the years, you know, being in the steps. You know, God keeps me abstinent, but he also has given me the action how to get into the steps and how to work the steps one step at a time and the traditions and just give it away. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Sharon. Patty M. Leah. Miss Bella, can I share? Okay, I heard Sharon, um, I heard Leah, and I heard Bella, but there was someone after Sharon that I didn't get. Yes, Patty M. Okay, Patty M. Thank you. Okay, so we'll go Sharon, Patty M, Leah, and Bella. Go ahead, Sharon. Hi, this is Sharon R.S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Minnesota. Uh, Glad to be on the line this morning. Uh, After such an approach, many take up their beds and walk again. That is, uh, many of us come in in that condition where we're on our beds. Uh, We are too sick to live, too sick to get up and live life. And on our own, we're just hopeless and helpless and can't make it. And yet we come in and we find that we can get recovered. But it says, after such an approach, many take up their beds and walk again. But not everyone. Why is it that some get it and some don't? What is the difference? And one of the things that I was, I had a conversation with someone and my heart went out to her. She's been in the rooms and she just struggled. And she was looking for a sponsor. And she was telling me what she needed in a sponsor. And I was, I was trying to be helpful to her. But she says, this has worked for me and this is what I need. And my mouth kind of dropped because here's someone who is struggling and continues to struggle. Yet she knew what she needed. And I did ask her, I I did say, well, how is that working for you? How is that working for you? You see, the same mind that got us into the disease and got us on that bed where we could not walk alone, that same mind is not the mind that can get us into recovery because it will always say, I know what I need. I know. I know how to do it. But what this paragraph tells us, what does it take after such an approach? What is that approach? The approach is to look at that person who has recovery. That person is, is going to be demonstrating what they did to recover. And, and I know what I ended up doing. And I have to still do this because I still have 
fundamentally, I have an addict mind. So I constantly have to continue, even after 13 years of recovery, I still have to check in with with other recovered compulsive overeaters so that I can stay in this recovery. But when I got recovery, it's by letting go of my mind, of my way, of me thinking I know how to do it and accepting the approach of the person who has recovery. Tell me what to do. I will not do what my mind tells me. I will do what you tell me to do. I will do what you do. And then the next day, I will do that again. And I won't think ahead. I will just do it one day at a time, one foot in front of the other. I will uh, do this approach the way you approached it because you have recovery. And if you have it and many others have it that are doing the same thing, I'm going to do what you do. I'm going to press in on that. And then I can take up my mat. I can take up my bed. And I can walk in this life with my head up. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon R.S. And Patty M., please go ahead. Yes, this is Patty M., Recovered Compulsive Eater from California. And um, I'd like to share on the part that says that the man who is making the approach has the same difficulty and obviously knows what he's talking about. His whole deportment shouts new, to the new prospect that he's a man with a real answer. And um, a few friends had told me about this line, and they knew how I had struggled. And um, I have been in other food programs besides 12-step food programs besides OA. Had come into OA, got abstinent, and then relapsed again. And uh, listening to this line um, really has saved my life. But the person who made the biggest impact on me was the one who actually did not... um, you know, did not say anything to me. She showed me through, she had relapsed just the way I did. She had eaten just the way I did. And I talked to her every day and I saw her changing. I saw her not wanting the food. I saw her helping others. I saw her get on this line and start reading and sharing and doing all those things. And her deportment shouted to me. It shouted that there was hope. If she could do it, I could do it. And she helped me more than she'll ever know. She saved my life. And uh, I am forever grateful for that. And um, today, you know, I only have seven months of back-to-back abstinence. But this seven months has been so different than... I've had longer periods of abstinence, but it was always white knuckle. And because of working these steps and doing what others have told me to do, I am now free from the food, free from the obsession, and able to give back what was so freely given to me. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. I pass. Thank you, Patty M. And Leah M., please go ahead. Thank you so much, Kathy, for your service. This is Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. That the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty, that he obviously knows what he's talking about. Um, You know, you'll notice has had the same difficulty, meaning that, you know, those that have recovered, um, the problem has been solved. You know, like it says in the previous paragraph, we are ex-problem compulsive overeaters. We have recovered, not cured. We have recovered as a result of this program of recovery. 
And, you know, we have been given up power. The big book, te- you know, teaches that uh, we have recovered and have been given the power to help others. And that's certainly not an ego trip. Um, we're just agents. You know, we're necessary, but we're certainly not sufficient uh, to make that change. We're, we're, we can be a catalyst. You know, there are hundreds, of course, that listen to this line. We all know that. Do they all recover? Uh, no, they don't all recover, but they're all listening to the same thing. I mean, my words have to hit something in an individual to provoke a change, to provoke a, a response. Um, but, but um, you know, I, I was in that place, too. You know, I was uh, a compulsive overeater since I was a kid. I didn't know what I was up against. I didn't understand the depths to which this disease would drag me or how hot hell would get. You know, I did not understand that. I didn't see the writing on the wall. And my own reading and my own knowledge and my own studying and my own sitting on couches and my understanding and awareness about compulsive overeating never stopped me from compulsive overeating. (laughs) And this thing beat me into a pulp. It beat me into a pulp. But, you know, I crawled my way uh, to someone who uh, had in which the problem had been solved, and he cracked open a book with me, and he described this program of action, and he held my hand, and I applied the program of these steps to my life to the best of my ability, and the the transformation that had occurred to him, uh, for him, occurred to me too. And this is about the raising of the dead. I mean, how do you explain uh, being enslaved by compulsive overeating uh, for almost two decades of madness and mayhem, and I have risen up out of a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and I have seen that same rising up, that same taking their beds and walking again in numbers and numbers and numbers of people, lives that have been transformed. So, you know, and I believe I have a better life today than I could have ever had had I never had this illness. So we say, you know, uh, you know, this is the program of recovery. You know, this is uh, a place where, yes, you can be restored to sanity, have soundness of mind, um, and have a life that is happy, joyous, and free once and for all. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. And Bella, you'll be our last share on this paragraph. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G., a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line that the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty. And then is that he is a man with a real answer. Yes. Before the program, I remember my first time that I went to a face-to-face meeting in the OA. I saw, I saw a lady, and she looked so skinny and so wonderful, and I got jealous, and I said to myself, oh, why this woman is here in this meeting? She doesn't understand what means a, a, an overeating. She doesn't have a problem of weight. Why she's here? She's to make me jealous? And then she started to talk, and she started to tell her story. And then I said, Bella, wait a minute. She is the same as you. She has the same difficulties. And she is really what she brought me to 
to to be in the program and to learn the program and to live the program and now that I am thank God thank God consider myself as a as a recovered person I can say, I can say yes I am recovered and I am still a human I have my difficulties in life I have my pain I have my character defect and I have my mistakes that I am doing and I have the tools now I have the tools how to deal with my difficulties I am not running to the food because I have difficulties yes thank God I got the real answer yes I live you know my life is with challenges some challenges harder than than others yes i and I have my times that I say, "Oh please God, I don't know what do you want for me. I have those difficulties, and yet I have the real answer." Are you still with us? Can someone acknowledge me to see if we can be heard? I can hear you, but there is a large. I can hear you. We can hear you now. Excellent. This is this is pause for a moment. Looks like we've had some technical difficulties. Wait for Kathy to come back, please. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here. Okay, great. If everyone else can please press star one to mute your phone again. Thanks for acknowledging me. Okay, so Bella, I think you were finishing up. Are you there? She may or may not be there, Kathy. Okay. A lot of folks were just were just knocked off the line, so. Okay. All right. Why don't we move on then to the next paragraph? And thank you, Melanie, very much. Um, Charles H. Would you read the next paragraph, please? Thank you, Kathy, for your service. Can I be heard? Yes. Hi, my name is Charles H. Uh, I ate too much of a recovered visionary just for today. None of us makes a sole vocation of this work, nor do we think its effectiveness would be increased if we did. We feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. A much more important demonstration of our principles lie before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. All of us spend much of our spare time in this sort of effort, which we are going to describe. A few are fortunate enough to be so situated. 
Good morning again, visionaries. My name is Charles. I eat too much of recovered visionary just for today. And um, before I even get started jumping down any of this stuff, I just want to read the third step prayer. I need that in my life today. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. And, um, yeah, so, you know, I just want to touch on that last paragraph prior to jumping on, on this um, paragraph we're in right now. Um, you know, just to get out of bed is a miracle, promise, promise, miracle. But to actually pick up the bed and walk, super miracles unbelievable to walk again and 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 when they say that they're not just talking about physically walking again they're talking about mentally and spiritually walking again um that's what i get from it so now let me jump into um you know yeah none of us makes a sole vocation of this work when they say vocation they ain't talking about vacation just that one vowel oh vocation career um for me, um, I need you know I made a career out of binging, so you know, <laughs> you know I, I I make a career uh, out of recovering one day at a time, and it's just you know it's been a it's been a difficult couple of weeks. It's been a difficult couple of weeks as far as um, things going on in 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 in, in the world been a difficult couple of weeks, I'm going to be honest with you, and, um, you know, that's why I had to read that third step prayer. You know, uh, I could easily feed into drama, and, and I'm not making an excuse that I'm human, I'm not doing all that, God's working on me, I'm not even doing that, but even though I believe that he is. Um, so, so just putting down the elimination of binge food is definitely just the beginning. Because, like, on page 64, it says I still have that whole paper. I, I still got 99% of that paper to deal with, which is life on life's terms, right? And, um, you know, I spend more than spare time in the sort of effort. And, and going back to most effective approach, what most effective approach, the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, is 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 for me the most effective approach ever, and it, and it helps me to not react to things going on around me, and that's the mo you know yeah. This binge food, I'm in my kitchen right now, right on a vision for you. This binge food all around me, but I'm protected by that third step cry, that third step prayer. To take to to have my higher power God take away all these difficulties, and this is this is a career for me, and not in a and I do get paid. I get paid um, in spiritual money, and my spiritual money is my 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 sound mind um, to make conscious decisions, and not just only my food choices, in the in the path that I take in in everyday life. I am fortunate enough to be so situated, and I'm not talking about money, um, that I can nearly give all my time to this work, 
this is work, but it's work with a pay that is just <laughs> so valuable, you know. And and um, you know, I hear people saying, you know, they I, I only go to strong means. Well, you know what? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes visionaries need to go. Well, let me keep it on myself. I go to other meetings because sometimes I'm the only big book they can see in that meeting. So I, you know, if I continue to go just to strong meetings, I'm not going to hear. I need to hear. I need to hear everything. I need. I need that third step in my life every single day. I need it in my life every day. And the elimination of binge food is just the beginning. It's white knuckle abstinence, and I don't need that. And I, you know, I, I just, you know what? Like, God, you are ultimate. To just to walk again. Is unbelievable. And with that, I pass. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, Charles H. Uh, who would like to share on this paragraph? Hi, Hi this is Jane. Bedford? Okay. Uh, we're going to have to start again. I couldn't discern any of your names. Melissa uh, Jane. Okay. I heard Eileen and Sarah W. And who else? Julie R. I'm sorry. Justine, was that it? Melissa. Okay. Melissa, and what's your first initial of your last name? C. Okay. So I have Eileen, Sarah W., Julie R., Melissa C. Who else did I miss? Okay, great. Eileen, please go ahead. Okay, thank you very much. My name is Eileen. I'm a compulsive eater from Bedford, Massachusetts. I'm glad to be on the meeting this morning. Um, yeah, none of us can make a sole vocation of this work. However, I'm one of the fortunate people that do um, make what I live in my life personally and I can do it professionally as well. I'm a substance abuse counselor, and I just took a new job. And, um, you know, I'm going to be working in the correction system, which I've never done before. And I'm not there to make friends with people. I'm there to pass on hope to others. I'm not trying to make everybody change their behavior. I'm just trying to spread some hope and um, that it is possible to change your life because I did it, you know, and I'm not there to disclose every detail of my recovery to them. I'm just trying to say that it is possible. So, you know, I am ever so grateful for this fellowship, for the 12 steps, for this program. I don't know where my life would be if I weren't living in the 12 steps or trying to anyway. But anyway, I want to hear others. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Eileen. And Sarah W., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy Kay. Good to hear you on the line. Thank you for your service. Good morning, this is Sarah W., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, I wanted to focus in on... Um, on the part where it says a much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupation and affairs. But before I do that, I would just like to welcome whoever's new on the line 
and let them know that, you know, welcome home, as they said to the, you know, as we say to soldiers when they come home, because it is home. And uh, welcome people back that are coming back, because I, sh- I certainly needed that when I came back into the program, uh, you know, battered and bloodied by my own uh, making, in a sense. Um, but, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, this a much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes. You know, this is where we've done, you know, so much damage. And, you know, this is where we, we have to do, you know, the, there's a long period of reconstruction ahead. And I think it, it takes a lot of courage to walk through this program and to really want the program enough, you know, to be willing to go to any length, to be willing to do the work that it takes um, and, and the first thing we do need to, to do is to put down the substance, you know, that, that if we're still utilizing the substance, you know, we're going to be cloudy, we're going to not have the clarity, and that's why it is so important. And there's lots of different ways and, and, and thoughts of how to go about doing that, so I invite you to, to start with that. But, you know, this, this has been such a miracle in my life. I mean, I, I'm not going to go into my whole fourth step and all that with you, but, you know, really, I have had a lot of, of history behind me of my behaviors with my family, with my children, uh, with my, uh, my now four husbands. Um, you know, I, I really have a long history with my grandchildren. And I'm so grateful because today I really live a life that's so, so completely different. And, you know, that's the thing. We don't get to see that, you know. I live in a small town. I don't have any meetings within 75 miles. This is my home group. You are my home group. And I, I do have two other programs that I'm, I'm fortunate to be part of that I have meetings here in town, but I don't have an OA meeting. So this is my home group. And I, I know many of you, and I so appreciate you. And, you know, I... This is, you know, practicing these principles in all my affairs is really, you know, this is a design for living, and this is why I come. And, you know, I come not just to get, I come to give, to give wherever I go, including on the meetings. So I'm so grateful for all of you and for this for this meeting, and I am a very grateful recovered compulsive over here. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W., uh, Julie R., please go ahead. Hi, this is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. Um, I have this highlighted in probably four different colors, this paragraph. Um, the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. I mean, yeah, we got to put the food down because we can't think, we can't listen to God, we can't talk to God, all of that. But it's when I do my nightly review how did I act as a human being today? Was I loving? Was I kind? Was I compassionate to my husband who maybe got me upset? To my children? To my employees? To my employer? How do I act when I'm in line in the grocery store and the person in front of me has 30 items in a 10-item aisle? How do I greet the world? That is what this is saying. You know, when we have that spiritual transformation, we are not just thin or we are not just at a normal body weight or we're not just losing weight. It's I am no longer that egotistical, mean, controlling, vindictive, um, lustful woman that I used to be. So how, you know, it's like living in 10, 11, 12, those spot checks. When I got upset at work yesterday and I had to walk out of the room and I prayed, I didn't go chew the head of my employee off. I wanted to, but I can't do those things anymore because that's going to lead me to a resentment, 
and that's going to lead me to picking up. So, yeah, the food's down, you bet, it's a must, but how do we live? How am I in traffic? How am I when my dad is still struggling? How am I treating my son when he, you know, was in the hospital? How am I treating the child who beat up my son? I'm talking to him. You know, that kind of stuff. How do I live? And I can only do this by living with my creator, asking God before I get out of bed, which I learned from my sponsor, before my feet touch that bed, I ask God, please help me today. How do I act? Let me be authentic. So you bet I love being 100-something pounds down, but I'm much better like the Julie I am today, who I can love my husband for who he is and not who I want him to be. So, you know, right there, a much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupation, and affairs. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Julie R. and Melissa C. Press star one. Hi. Yep. Hi, this is Melissa C. from New York, recovered compulsive overeater. And, um, you know, when um, I think about that, um, you know, this isn't necessarily our vocation, um, I reflect on all the other weight loss schemes and quick, you know, fix gimmicks that I tried. And every one, there was um, someone that was profiting off of my misery, off of my inability to um, live with this disease and, and control it. And, you know, um, and now, um, having recovered, the profit, you know, that I get is my recovery. And, um, and my vocation, you know, is, although I'm not necessarily making money off of um, living in recovery, um, this is my new vocation in a sense because it's what I bring out into the world. It's, it's, it's affected every piece of me. Um, and, uh, you know, I am fortunate in the sense that I do have a job where I do service for others. I'm a teacher. And so I'm touching people's lives all the time. And having recovered, I'm so much different in the classroom. I even realize with young children, um, I can't control them. You know, I can bring about a spirit of happiness and positivity and a hunger for learning and making sense of the world. But um, they all have their own higher power, and I'm not it. (laughs) And that's just a beautiful, you know, when I take that position, I bring my recovery into my, you know, into my job, into my vocation, Um, my whole way of being in the world with my coworkers is different. I'm I'm no longer a person that um, has to be right. You know, I'd rather be happy. I'd rather live in peace. Um, I can be a quiet example um, instead of pounding people into seeing it my way. And, um, you know, and what's incredible is that, yes, people notice that I've had a significant weight loss, you know, losing over 100 pounds. But I'm different in, in the way that I relate to my fellows, and, um, and it is my new vocation. And, and I realize that I can bring, um, you know, this message of, of God, of hope, of 
recovery into everything. I, you know, I, um, I'm someone who survived the loss of a child and, you know, and rather than bear um, my pain and make everybody um, suffer alongside of me, you know, I've come into contact recently with someone who just had the same experience. And for me, it was, wow, you know, not that I'm thankful that it happened to me, but thank you, God, that, that it did happen to me. Now there's someone else in my world that um, I can usher through this hard time together just by being a living example that life does go on, um, life on life's terms. And uh, and, this, and in the morning, I don't just whiten up with and pray to be absent another day. I just really ask God, how can I... Um, Yes, do thy will today. How can I bring more love, more light, more acceptance into the world? And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Melissa C. It's now time to close the meeting. Um, thank you to everyone who has shared and who's here today. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 and then say the serenity prayer. Would uh, Rachel N.M. please read A Vision for You? It begins, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes. Good morning. This is Rachel N.M. from Ohio. I'm a thankful, recovered, compulsive overeater and anorexic. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>